0: Good evening and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob?
1: Hey, how's it going, everyone?
0: Hopefully everyone is doing well. The football Dukes are 9-0. and They are now one of only two undefeated teams at the FCS level. They won their 21st straight game over the weekend, so we will get to that in a while. Uh, welcome to the podcast, everybody. We're really excited about the episode this week. We are going to eventually get to four four downs from the game this past weekend and a couple concerns heading forward. We're also really, really excited to have a f- sort of opposing fan interview that we'll be dropping in later in the pod um, with the with sort of the world-famous number one Richmond fan. I think everybody will like that. And we're going to have an old friend of the pod on for the overtime topic tonight. About the spiders. We also, um, as always, are brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing Company in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Don't forget you can go by Pale Fire anytime. Mention the Jamie Sports Blog podcast and you get a free pint glass. So hopefully if you are um, in the burg or of age or down there for the Richmond game this week, you can go by and uh, get your free pint glass. But we are super excited tonight to have a guest with us joining us live at the beginning of the podcast and we couldn't be more thankful for his time. We are joined by Coach Sean O'Regan of the women's basketball team. Um, welcome, Coach. I yeah, appreciate it, gentlemen. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Um, for everybody that's been so focused on football season and fall sports um, the last couple of weeks, we, it's, it's basketball time. Uh, <laughs> I know Rob is... Always excited when it's hoop season.
1: Yes, uh, I'm a huge Hoops guy, Coach, so I'm really excited (laughs) to have
0: you on and really appreciate you taking the time and
1: starting to get everybody a little little bit more excited as as season starts earlier and earlier every year, but that's not necessarily a bad thing.
0: (laughs) No, yeah, it's getting a little colder, you know, it's about (laughs) that time. It sure is. Um, Coach, we wanted to just kind of start, we'll ask you, I don't know, a bunch of questions um, tonight, but we're really, as I think most Dukes fans are, huge fans of the program, And excited for another season of women's basketball at JMU. And we're thrilled that you guys are the uh, preseason pick in the conference. So we'll get to that in a second. Um, But I did want to ask you right off the bat, um, this is an interesting season coming up. You guys, uh, the program, you've been there quite a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you became the head coach last year. And this team has had kind of a, a lead dog or a superstar player for... As long as probably we've been following closely, maybe the last decade, going back to sure. Dawn, Dawn, sure. right? Donna Don and yeah. Tamara Young and Jasmine Guatme and Nikki Newman and Kirby Burkholder. You guys have had big names every year. And uh, it was not to say a surprise, but for those of us who don't follow us closely, we were really excited to see you guys picked as the preseason favorite because um, we don't know the names as well this year. Sure. And we're wondering if there's any particular player that you're looking to to take that spot. And, uh, or if not, uh, what you're excited about with your team coming up this year?
2: <clears throat> no, well, uh, you're, you're dead on. And, and, uh, <laughs> I've been here 11 years and it's been, it's been one after another. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, my first year was Tamara young and she left and it was like, what is everybody going to do now? We had this little monster, Don Evans, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's, it seemed like every year we we're passing the torch. Um, but yeah, this I'm actually excited this year because um, you know we've had we've had two t- tests even so far this year. We had a scrimmage against Virginia, and then we um, we had an exhibition against Newport, and um, it's been it's been two totally different stat sheets, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that that's actually kind of what I'm excited about. So I think we've got uh, I think we've got a really special team, um, but I don't think we've got like a one alpha. You know, okay. one alpha female, where it's going to be twenty-five a game from that person, and there's no no shame in how our system has been in the last eleven years because it's been fun to watch. But, um, you know, I like I like the fact that that we've got a we got a pretty dynamic guard in Kamaya Smalls, who um, I had the luxury last year as a freshman throwing throwing lobs to her and <laughs> catching and, catch and finish that you don't get yeah. that too often. Um, you know, and, and then uh, we've got another guard, Lexi Barrier, who, um, you know, we actually beat out some high majors for who I think is going to have a a pretty breakthrough season, um, you know, played really well against Virginia in our in our first uh, our first competition. But so those two and then and then Kayla Cooper Williams inside, who looked really, really good in the exhibition mm-hmm. um, and had, had herself a nice double double. Um, and then, you know, my kind of dark horse with Kelly Kishuda, who is a transfer <laughs> from Virginia Tech, man, who is um, she's just she she can score and she's worked really hard to keep herself in shape, um, you know, and, and know she's got some deficiencies as far as athleticism and all that, but a really smart player, high IQ Um But, you know, I think the combination of those four and you throw in, you know, a pretty veteran point guard, Logan Reynolds, you throw in a a senior kind of intangible player in Haley Barron, you throw in another intangible Tasia Butler. So I think we've got a great combination of scores um, and and people that are ready to do the little things. So I wish I could sit here and say, hey. You know, Kamaya Smalls is going to be the one. She's going to average 30 a game. But I, I, don't, th- I don't think that's going to be the case this year. And, and I'm okay with it because I'd really like to have um, a situation where, you know, you can't key in on one player down the stretch of a game. You know, we can hit you from a lot of different angles. And that's what one of the challenges was with Precious was mm-hmm. everybody knew she was getting the ball. They still <laughs> yeah. found a way to give her the ball. But, right. but it was, uh, you know, I think, I think in the end um, – you know, I think it's better to be able to hit you from all angles. So I'm I'm excited for that fact, but it, it's a, it'll be a different year, a different look for us. Um, you know, of all the years I've been here with Kenny, it,
0: it it'll definitely
2: be a different look for us. But
0: I'm certainly <laughs> excited about it. Well, we did get to sort of catch up on the highlights from yesterday's scrimmage against Christopher Newport, and uh, you mentioned Kelly Kishuda. She had a big day yesterday, at least yeah. points wise, right? She did. She did. Yeah. <laughs> she did. So and it, it looks like there's obviously some new players to the program who are kind of really ready to contribute. Um. Is that an accurate perception or just my sort of purple colored glasses <laughs> view against the Division three team? No, uh I tell you what, that 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 team,
2: uh they're really no slouch. And it's okay. I know I know they don't have scholarships and all that, but uh they were twenty nine and three last year and, and they're um they know what they're doing. They play really hard. But but you're right. And it what it is, it's it's just um I'm telling you, you, you're gonna you're gonna open up the paper um, down here, and it's gonna be like, wait, you know, Haley Barron had 17. Okay, wait, hold on. Kayla Cooper Williams had what? You know, so nope. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a mix of it, but it's certainly it's certainly that, and and we played all 11. Um, we played all 11 yesterday, and okay. you know, we had a freshman who ended up with uh, seven points. You know, we had it's just that's how it's gonna be. I think this year, so um, you know, again, I think that's a that's. The good thing, but it was it was a big day for Kelly, uh, essentially hadn't played in two years. Her freshman year at Virginia mm. Tech really didn't play, and then last year she had to sit out, so um, it was a big day for her, putting on the jersey and the lights and all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, and then Kayla Cooper Williams coming back from, you know, one year ago, she, this is where she tears her ACL in this yeah. exhibition game. So, um, for those two, it was big because they both played really well. And again, they're playing against no height, but, <laughs> <laughs> right. um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you do the dress rehearsal for a reason, you know? Um, and now, you know, we have a pretty good test with Rutgers coming in here, much improved Rutgers team from last year coming
1: in here Friday night. And, uh
2: you know i would be uh i be excited it's going to be a battle
1: hey nice. coach can can you talk a little bit about the the fan support i mean, jmu is one of those schools where i believe the women outdrew the men uh last year it's got incredible support how much better does that make it for you in terms of recruiting and for the players in terms of uh, upping their intensity for home games
2: no it's a it's a it's a huge x factor i mean that's that's not a that's not recruiting talk or anything like that i mean it's a it honestly is a huge X factor with the band, the pep band out there. Uh, they kind of—I call it like—they dictate the tempo of the crowd. You know, they're always <laughs> doing something.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but it is—it's a—it's a great atmosphere, and it's um, what I like about it is, you know, it's—it's it's consistent. You know, I think a little bit sometimes with men's basketball. It's the students, right? It's and it's and they're based on the students, and they need a couple thousand from the students. Which they better get out there and go see the men play because the men are. I'm telling you, they got some really good freshmen, but um, <laughs> they, they do them. I've been watching them for for weeks now. They're going to be good. Yeah. But um, you know, for us, man, it's, it's a great, consistent fan base, and it's it's uh, <laughs> for for the players. It, it's great. It, it makes it um, meaningful. It makes them feel relevant.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, and
2: there's so many venues we go to where. you you know, I can't imagine walking out and playing (laughs) half your schedule. You're playing 15 games at home and you know, there's, there's 40 people in the stands. It's just, I think it takes away from your, your relevancy, so to speak. And so um, you're going to find games where you're not playing as hard because why, you know, the kind of the purpose, you know, so uh, for for us, it's great. And I, I tell our players all the time, they got to play with passion um, because I think in women's basketball, you don't have the dunks, you don't have the alley-oops and stuff like that. So the, the crowd's got to connect to mm-hmm. to you. And, and so, you know, we try to play with passion, but it certainly gives us a boost. And it's, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of opposing teams that really want to want come back come back and frequent the combo. That's for sure. So
0: nice, uh, <laughs> that's great. That's yeah. great, to hear. That's coach. Great. Yeah, I um for fans that don't know the uh, start wearing purple tradition that we all love so much started with women's basketball a few years ago. <laughs> that's awesome, right? And uh, yeah, from the pep band, and um and I've been to see you guys down down here at Elon. I live in North Carolina. Oh, and great! Been to see you guys on the road the last couple of years, and yeah, it's a it's a it's a market difference from being at the combo. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> yeah, no yeah, knock yes. on Elon, but it's just, you know, it's it's a big, big difference. So, Yeah, right, right. So you mentioned you have a transfer from Tech, and I guess um, it sounds like she may have come prior to your taking over the program and, and Coach Brooks going to Tech. But, and I don't know if you can answer this, but is it weird to recruit against Coach Brooks? <laughs> uh,
2: the adjective I would use is difficult, is difficult <laughs> to recruit against Kenny Brooks. <laughs> yeah. so I say that. <laughs> uh, but no, it's uh, we we've actually, you know, um, Kenny's somebody. I, I really learned everything from. I mean, nine of my, I think it's nine of my fifteen years was working under him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it, it, it's crazy. The I think the the first, maybe the first. I don't know. First recruit we we went after was like two weeks and three weeks into our our respective jobs, and we both went after this transfer, and, <laughs> and it's it's like, wait, how did you get on her? And and you know, he's probably asking himself the same thing. And it uh, he ended up getting her, and it was um, it, it's difficult because in in essence, you know, uh, in essence, we're selling the same thing. You know, right. because, you know, he, and obviously he, he gets more credit for, it of course, because he's been, right. you know, he, he was the orchestrator and mm-hmm. it's, um, but you know, we're, we're you know, I'm selling uh, Kirby Burkholder as a player of the year. Well, so is he, <laughs> you know, right. So, right. so it's, uh, it's very difficult. And I, I really honestly try to stay away from it as much as I can, because, you know, I, I think in recruiting, you're, you're trying to find your advantage, you know, right. and, um, you know, I think you can you can beat some of those low end ACC, low end Big Ten schools because you, you figure out kids that want to win and they, they want to come to James Madison instead of going to school X. But right. um, with him, I just I really try to steer clear uh, as much as I can. Almost like, are you recruiting her? Do you really want her? Okay, I'll go the other way mm-hmm. um, because I I you know he's a, he's that's one thing he does very well. Yeah. Um, so, so I'll let them be with that, but That's I wouldn't funny. say weird.
0: I'd say difficult. So okay. <laughs> A much better adjective. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you guys, I I think it doesn't, doesn't the St. John's coach come from the Kenny Brooks tree as well.
2: Yeah. Well, not, not quite Kenny Brooks, actually. He, okay. um, Joe Tartamelo was, uh, he actually, he, he claims credit for creating the male practice player team, oh. uh, to go against the women. So he okay. was one of the first guys to do this allegedly. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I was on, I was, a, you know, Kenny was a men's assistant coach and I was a men's manager at the time. But but Joe was, uh, apparently Joe was getting this male practice player team ready for the women's team. So he yeah. claims credit for that. But he is a, he's a JMU grad. He's just not a Kenny Brooks disciple.
0: Yeah, that's been a pretty cool rivalry. And I see you guys, they're on your schedule again this year. Yeah. It's, it's been nice to play a Big East team every year. No, it's great. And, and yeah. we
2: actually, we're in a four-year deal with them. So we're going up there again this year. and They come back to us for two years straight. After oh, that. so it's uh, yeah, he, he uh, he swears he's he's bringing the bus by his old apartment, you know, when he comes <laughs> back down here.
1: <laughs> now, coach, do you does your team scrimmage guys? Is that something you guys do? I know Jerry, uh, Ariama's big, big fan of doing that at UConn, a lot of schools do it. Is that yeah. something you guys do?
2: Yeah, we do. We have uh, actually, th- this year's group of uh, of, of boys is, is uh, is really big time, and uh, they've they've helped us a ton because. You know they're just athletic and they can, they can challenge us. So we we do it. Um, I would say every day, if not six out of seven. You know, I mean it's mm-hmm. as much as I can get them there based on class schedules. Um,
1: <laughs> how do you go about finding them? You just like scour UREC, or are these guys? Yeah, like yeah, tryouts.
2: We we send out you know the email stuff like that, but really UREC's big, and it's um you go to I mean you know how it is you go down there. There's always a pickup game, and <laughs> yeah. so you go down there and you identify, but. Um, this year, our director of ops and actually Haley Barron went to, I think it was like student org night okay. and they just started spotting them. And oh, nice. we, we, we got, I mean, really, it's, we probably got six to 10, you know, really good players. And um, it, it, I'm telling you, it makes it, it makes a, a world of difference because now you don't have, let's say your bottom five players trying to learn somebody else's offense. You know, or, or mm-hmm. yeah. you know, so now you just tell the guys, "Hey, run, run, Rutgers offense," and they do it. You know, they press like Rutgers, and I don't have to teach Tory Harris or Bree Bellaran to to learn. You know, Rutgers, Rutgers press because, you know, it, it's it's a great advantage. It really is, and it's um it's something that's really crucial to our success. So, um, for anybody listening to that, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> you know, wow. yeah. it, it really uh, and we and we try to help them out. I mean, we can't give them, we can't afford to give them. Too much gear, but um, <laughs> do, we do as much as we can. We get them pizza sometimes and stuff like that to just because they're they're really volunteering their time is all they're doing. But um, it's probably
1: fun for them too, though, just yeah. being a part of the program.
2: Yeah, no, it's great. And I, you know what? We get after them now, pretty good. Like, <laughs> that's, that's good to hear. They run as friends too. If they mess up what they're doing, they run as friends too. But uh, it, it, they're they're good. They're really good group. Good group of guys, though. So. Cool.
1: Now, as we mentioned, yeah. um, you guys have been picked to be. The preseason favorite again, the CAA. And, mm. and I think there's three players that had preseason all conference recognition. Yep. yep. Um, is that extra motivation, extra pressure? How do you approach that? Um, I don't, I,
2: I mean, it's uh, I, I, the way I, I talked to our team about it was basically it's a sign of respect. Um, but it's, um, I was hoping they'd pick us like fifth so I could charge them up about it, but, um, (laughs) no such luck. Uh, no, I I just think it's, it's like, Hey, look, you guys haven't done anything to deserve this other than basically your peers are saying that they have a lot of respect for you. So, Mm uh, you can use that as a positive, you know, as far as patting yourself on the back, but. You, you just haven't done anything, and neither have we. And it's um, you know, again, to to I've listened to Coach Brooks talk about this for I bet you I don't know six of our nine years were picked first, or maybe five or nine years because he's throwing Delaware in there. But um, you know I, I've I've heard the speech before, you know, so it's um, <laughs> it, it's it really. Um, I don't want to say nothing new like we're playing it down. I, I do think it's an honor. You lose a player of the year twenty four points a game. Yeah. Um, with I think no real like like we're talking about. There's no Kirby Burkholder waiting in the wings or mm-hmm. even Tariq Hislop waiting in the wings. So, you know, for that and, and for them to pick us one where we didn't win it. You know, right. and that's what surprised yeah. me, very honestly, was was why is not E why 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 didn't people pick Elon? Mm-hmm. Um but again, it's a sign of respect, but it's um you know so you you know you got to put in the work i wish you got extra points for that i wish you started <laughs> started each game for nothing yep. pick first but uh you you got to go to work so it's 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 that one day where you pat yourself on the back and say hey that's a, that's a lot of respect from your peers but um you know it's all it's all earned so it's um i couldn't quite use it as motivation like they're disrespecting us mm-hmm. um so i basically said it's a sign of respect now let's you know wipe it away and let's go cool.
0: Nice. Coach uh, one kind of curveball question uh, yeah. sort of f- a friend of ours asked us today we we mentioned we were going to get to talk to you and uh and she asked us, you know a couple things that drive coaches nuts, right, are turnovers and miss mis- free throws, <laughs> You're right. And yeah, uh, yeah. she said we had to ask you, uh, you know, are you guys working on anything to cut down on turnovers this year? It had to drive you nuts a little bit at times last year.
2: Uh, yeah. So no, um, yeah, fair, fair enough. Okay. I mean, I, I almost pulled my hair out yesterday. We had, <laughs> at the half, at the half, we had 17 turnovers, and Christopher Newpole only had four steals. And so I'm like, I'm like looking at our staff, like, how is this even possible? Like we did, yeah. like we're literally throwing a ball out of bounds. Is that what? Like. Um, <laughs> But no, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a constant, like I'm a believer that whatever your, your emphasis is are. So uh, if you want to emphasize rebounding, you want to emphasize, stop, turning the ball. You got to talk about it every day. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, we talk about turning the ball over every day and I'm, I'm not the type of coach that, you know, when Kamaya turns it over, I'm going to stomp my feet and, and go crazy and kick a ball out of bounds. It's just I think it she, come on, I knows she turned it over, Right. you know? Um, yep. So I don't, I don't need to compound her, um, you know, her feeling with, with my negativity. So uh, I'm more apt to turn the page and, and let's go. But it's one of the things we talked about at the half. I said, you guys better come in here with less than 27 <laughs> for the game or, you know, we're in trouble. So to their credit, I think we came in, we had six turnovers in the second half. So uh, I think it was 23 or 24 is what we finished with. And then, You know, free throws thing, you know, was, you know, we, we, (laughs) I think the key is getting your 90% free throw shooters to the line. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and not, and not your 50% free throw shooters. And that's, (laughs) you know, I wish you could, you can't make them for them. Right. um, (laughs) Right. I think it's the most, uh, mental part of the game. You know, it's, it's like a putt. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, I think it's a, it's a real mental part because you're by yourself and it's a free shot. So, um, mm-hmm. just, just, I think being able to relax and slow down and, and knock those in, but you know, I, I wish you're going to, you're not going to go a hundred percent, you know, so don't, <laughs> right. so don't go over two. go one right. for two. Yep. But, sure. but those two things are, are something that, um, you know, actually plagued us yesterday. Um, but I, I'm hoping they don't plague us in the future. Cool.
1: Coach, I, we mentioned you got the opener this weekend uh, against Rutgers, and it's part of a doubleheader. How excited are the players for something like that? That's a cool opportunity a lot of the other JMU sports don't get a chance to participate in.
2: Yeah, no, I think um, – And you guys the are the headliner, games, it, by the way. Yeah, that yeah. That's what I was really – I mean, it's um, – you talk about respect, right? Right. And it's um, a, a credit to, to Coach Rowe is that we knew we had the, the two games, and um, – I remember a couple of years ago, now different opponent for the men, but they were playing Virginia, we were playing UCLA at home, and we oh, both yeah. had the games at home, and it was great. I mean, it's come on, you can't beat that, but um, I think we had to play at one o'clock in the uh, afternoon on a Friday, and they got the the night game, so yeah but,
1: but you all got uh, the win, so yeah we did, <laughs> That's right, yeah, right.
2: <laughs> but but uh, you know, I think a sign of respect from from Coach Rowe and our administration basically saying like, okay, hey, the men are going to open, they got Bridgewater let's pair it up and let's, let's try to get people in, in, in the stands. And that's one of the things, you know, our administration does a lot for us very honestly with the, you know, WNIT we're hosting games that costs money and and all that. But, um, you know, the double header thing is good. And, and, you know, instead of charging $20 a ticket for the Rutgers game and and only getting 2,500 in there now, you know, Hey, let $2 tickets, let's fill that thing up. And And, you know, let's, let's make Rutgers feel the floor shake. That's, that's the, that's the whole idea for me. So I I was really, um, I was really impressed with the procedural part of putting us at the, at kind of the, uh, yeah, the varsity game, so to speak. But, um, you know, for our, for our players, they'll, they'll be pumped up. And I think the more, if you can throw another thousand fans in there, they'll appreciate it. But, um. You know I think it's a cool experience for them um just playing Rutgers at home um regardless of the the double part of it mm-hmm. but, so uh, you know I, I they'll be they'll be excited i mean hopefully not too excited where they're they're bouncing the ball off their board, but, um, you know well, you guys uh, earn that time <laughs> slot no they'll be excited man i hope it's
0: uh i really just you know in the end you just hope it's a win so yep. so cool. how excited are you and your staff and uh you know, for that matter, maybe even your counterparts on the men's side to recruit with the new, knowing that the new facility is coming. So we, we all love the convo in its own, in its own decrepit way. Right. 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 But is that exciting for you guys to, to take sort of trot that out on the road the next couple of years?
2: Yeah, no, it, it is. And I, um, you know, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm like a lot of people around the convo is special to me sure. and it's, you know, it's, it's just proved that over over so many years and mm-hmm. and one of the things in in all of um kind of the closed door meetings they've allowed us to have is that you know one of my messages is like i I don't ever want to lose the atmosphere we have right now, so <laughs> i don't don't yep. just because it's fancy and you got seat backs and what you know like yeah we, we can't lose that, we just can't lose the band that and mm-hmm. I, you know I think some of that's natural because of the Acoustics and shape of the arena and all that, but he just he, it's special right now, and so the niceness is yeah, that's a big recruiting tool, okay. and it's it's I mean, it's it's huge. Um, and, and again, I'm just the old fashioned guy that doesn't want to lose the atmosphere, but um, for us, we've we've been actually. I bet you for the last two or three years, every, every single recruit we've had on campus, we've shown the like fly through video. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've shown we've shown it to them. So okay. we've been, we've been talking about it, selling it for, for two, three years, but now that the fact that it's an actual reality, you know, and now yeah. we can drive by East campus and say, Hey, look, they're building it now, you know, right. they're, they're, they broke ground and all that, you know, is, um, you know, I think it's now reality, but it's, uh, you know, I was laughing at the press conference. We only have two freshmen, and I'm like, "Yeah, you you're the only two that actually going to play in the building." <laughs> but, but but for recruiting, it's it's crucial. We actually, I can't I can't talk about who, but we got a, a commitment from a from a 2020, so a sophomore oh, wow. in high school. We got it last night. So she called me at I don't know 5:30. Go and, um You know, so but it's it's you know we've told her that you know yep. she, she's breaking in the, the the new convocation center. So it's a huge advantage and i think i really think it'll help the men as well um and it's you know for if if you know when they get this thing going it's gonna help
0: everybody too so i'm, I'm on board sure. with that that's awesome coach and um coach you have anything else you want to uh talk about for the season coming up or anything no i just
2: you know for anybody out there um you know i think i think it's um surprisingly addictive, um, game to watch the game we play. And, and I was a, I was a JMU grad and, and, you know, honestly, when, when I was in school, I didn't watch too many women's games. I'll be the mm-hmm. first one to admit that. But, um, you know, I, I, the more people I talk to, once they come to one game, it's like, ah, oh, I, didn't, I
0: didn't know. I didn't
2: know it would be that much fun. I didn't know they played so hard. I didn't know they played with so much passion. So uh, for anybody out there listening, just, just give us one shot and I bet you will come back. It's that the old Lays commercial, right? Yes. You just, have <laughs> just one right.
0: Chip. <laughs> yep. Well, you guys have certainly sold us in the 11 years you've been there. So, yeah, no, we, could, we couldn't agree more. So thank you so much coach for the time we uh, we're really rooting for your team this year. We'll uh, hopefully be talking a lot more women's hoops as as the winter season proceeds. And uh, certainly as football winds down at some point, we hope not too soon, but um, I think, (laughs) I think that a rising tide from football helps all the programs probably. It does. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, But thank you so much for your time coach and uh, best of luck with your squad this year.
2: Yeah, thank thank you guys, and and uh, certainly you uh, anytime. Give me a shout and I'll uh, I'll come back <laughs> on anytime. But but I'm certainly rooting for football too. <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, coach. Good luck this weekend. Yeah. All
2: right, thank you, gentlemen. Yeah,
0: well, that was good, pretty man. great, right?
1: Yeah, he was he was good. He was awesome. Yeah, I can. I mean, you know me like those Duke Club things. I can talk to basketball coaches all day. I know,
0: I know. So <laughs> I think we actually <laughs> have talked to Coach O'Regan once before. Like, yeah, and he doesn't know it, but we just like, you know. Yeah. Hounded him at a Metro Dukes event once yep. before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like a coach's caravan or something like that. <laughs> exactly. So welcome back to the regular portion of the podcast. We hope everybody enjoyed uh, kicking this week off with some women's hoops uh, preseason hype. We're really thankful to Coach O'Regan for coming on the podcast. Um, special shout out to uh, one of JMU's assistant SID's Devin Howard for helping us out the last couple weeks uh, with both Coach O'Regan and Coach Morgan last week. So we really appreciate that help from the inside.
1: Hopefully we're not the jinx um, for Coach Reagan that we were.
0: For- I thought about whether we should bring that up. And I yeah, was like, eh, I let's it. not say that. No. So, um, Rob, with that, I think we should transition into our four downs from the Rhode Island game. Thankfully, this was a 38-3 to victory, uh, regardless of how it started and ended. Um, so we, we will go quickly through our four downs because we want everybody to get to some really fun overtime stuff a little later. Rob, you want to take first down from the football game this weekend?
1: Yeah, well, um, obviously it's, it's the same sort of theme we've been talking about. of like, oh, you know, we shouldn't panic. The offense is fine. I got to admit I was panicking. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, and it was only, and I look back like yesterday when I was writing the post for this morning. I would have sworn they had like five, three and outs to open the game. It's just, it's funny how emotionally you, you get kind of like out of whack. Um, The first two drives were not good, but there were only two drives. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they, they kind of just stepped up. So I really think that was the wake up call the Dukes needed. Um, We've been talking for weeks about how they're just kind of playing, not to the level of the competition, but just playing a very different game than in prior years where they're, you know, kind of slug it out and let's face these teams with good defenses and Eventually, we'll win by two or three scores. Um, Fans didn't want that going to Rhode Island. After, you know, Shore got the ball heading into that, what eventually became the first touchdown drive, it looked like he didn't want that either. He was just like, enough is enough. This is JMU. Let's go. And that was a great drive. You know, he had that that rush for the first down. Yep. Then he threw the touchdown pass. I believe, was it Eldridge caught first one?
0: Was it Eldridge? Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then it was just like, you know, after the half, it was like, all right, let's blow somebody out today. Um, It really was just like the whole team kind of said, enough is enough. And it was really cool to see. It was a long time coming. Um, The wiser, more patient fans had been enjoying every minute of this and not worrying about things and just saying, you know what? This is a team built to win football games. The score doesn't matter. Um, And I agree with that. But I really wanted a blowout. You know, nothing against Rhode Island. They're much better than last year but they had 77 points to make up. You know, right, right. I was not expecting this to be a one score game like it was at the half. So as kind of scary as that was, and scary is probably overstating it. I was really, really impressed with the way they answered and just kind of like flipped the switch. Uh, I've been waiting for it for weeks and certainly saw it. And I loved it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and they won by 35 points people. Yeah. Let's just, they won by 35 points. <laughs> Right. Like, that's okay. <laughs> all calm down a little bit. I, I, I'm with you, Rob. It was it was really exciting to see them flip that switch in the second half a little bit. And hopefully that gets them going. I mean, we, we talked about it last week. It was a noon start at Rhode Island, you know, in front of like 15 fans. Like, hopefully that was just the kids being a little sleepy. Well, and, you know what?
1: I, I was actually talking to, to a buddy of mine. Um, <laughs> one of James's friends who mm-hmm. play soccer with him. His dad's a Notre Dame alum, and he mm-hmm. was asking me about the game. He's like, "Who's James? You playing?" I mentioned Rhode Island. He's like, "That's got to be tough, going from like game day and the big home crowd to like that." And he was trying to, like, he was dancing around and trying not to be like the big FBS football so much better. But I was like, "Oh no, absolutely." I mean, yeah. they're playing in in like a high school kind of level facility um, with a high school level crowd, and it's got to be difficult. To, to raise your game to that level. And this was the first time all year where I really felt like the other team came out with more intensity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie's had the target on its back all year. And so other teams, you know, kind of come out going. But Jamie's always just answered from the first punch. Yep. Um, I didn't think that happened. I thought Rhode Island really took it to them. And I give Rhode Island a lot of credit. They, they didn't have the talent to hang with them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they definitely kind of executed their game plan better in the first quarter yep, um, and some in the second quarter. So.
0: I think that's yeah. – that's your friend was right on. I mean, I think we just heard Coach O'Regan talk about that, going from JMU's, you know, big crowds at the Convo for women's basketball to some of the other places we play in the CAA where there's nobody there. And it, it's, a, it's a big difference. It's, it's a stark contrast, and that was certainly the case this week. And hopefully the Dukes will learn from that and be ready this weekend. One thing we don't have to worry about this weekend is a small crowd. So – no. No. So for second down, um, I think I got to talk about Percy. And I know it was bit one, you know, sort of one big run in the second half. And we love the stable of backs that JMU has. And some people, our, our friend of the pod, Bennett Conlin from the Breeze today, talked about how, you know, the JMU had these huge rushing numbers the first couple of games with Cardin Johnson and has dropped off since. I'd like to kind of counter that with the fact that the competition also increased. Yeah. You know, a lot of, I mean, ECU was terrible, right? I mean, they've proven over the season to be a horrendous defensive team at any level. And then obviously they played Norfolk State and East Tennessee State, who were terrible teams. So, you know, it's not like the stats since then have been dreadful. They've just been probably more on par with CAA competition. But I was kind of excited to see. Taylor Woods and, and Percy Obese, who sometime in the next four years I will learn to pronounce his last name um, <laughs> get their action and you know I, I am left to wonder a little bit whether those guys are going to see a little more action going forward because I think there's a little bit of a spark there with those guys and that's not a knock on the other backs in any way but it was exciting to see those kids get a shot and hopefully they will continue to get their opportunities going forward
1: yeah, I agree. I think, you know, they, we still don't know who the, who the true alpha is back there. Right. Um, different games, Trey Sharp has really risen to the occasion multiple times. And mm-hmm. Marcus Marshall certainly has a lot of talent. But I think it's going to be one of those situations where you just go with a hot hand. And luckily, they've got four guys who are capable of, of kind of taking on that lead back role in any game. Um, it happened to be Percy uh, with Taylor, you know, right on his heels. So mm-hmm. um, it, It's a nice problem to have. It's not like quarterback where you don't want more than one and right. running back, you can have as many running backs as, as you can feel as far as I'm concerned. Yep. As far as I'm concerned. So um we moving on to third?
0: Yeah, third down for you, Rob.
1: I guess I mean we gotta be positive and it's a thirty eight you know, thirty eight three win, but that broadcast was a hot <laughs> pile of
0: garbage. I left that for you because I did not watch I, the television broadcast. I oh, listened well, to the I, audio, but well
1: yeah. you were you were better off. That was I'm whatever. I mean, to to charge people nine ninety five for that, I, I don't want to be. It's just garbage. It's never complain about Madison again.
0: There Seriously, was just, people, come on. Never. It was
1: just terrible. There was no down in distance. You never knew what time it was. So just like the jumping off point was just junior varsity. Yeah. You know, you you had nothing but the score. Um, the sound quality was terrible. It was just in and out. It would disappear for thirty seconds at a time. But then would come in crystal clear during commercials when they had a hot mic situation, and these guys would just be chatting about their whatever halftime snacks and whatnot. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. Yep. Um, couldn't I tried to log in for my phone? Like I had the app, it just <laughs> cycled through for like thirty minutes. When I initially tried to log in, it kept saying like I was registered, and then I got in this like endless do loop of log in, join, log in, join. It was just terrible. CBS should be embarrassed. I and know, what is that called?
0: College Sports Live or something?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's just awful.
0: It's and as a reminder to the, uh, to the FBS at all, cro- at all cost crowd, there's a ton of COSA games on that platform this year. Oh, yeah. Old Dominion's playing like half their games on that garbage this year. So <laughs> just be careful what you wish for sometimes when it comes to what's a, what's a bigger deal college football. We'll take – I'll take Kurt Dudley anytime.
1: Well, they don't even appear to have any production standards. It no. seemed like something was produced just in house by Rhode Island, probably by some like student practicum or something. Mm-hmm. And then they charge you the same premium as if you're getting like a real CBS quality game. It was, it was bad. Man. Yeah, it, it was. was. I mean, it, thankfully they won. So whatever. I, I'd spend <laughs> much more than that for a win. But that was just a terrible, terrible product. And everybody, please remember to go cancel so you don't get stuck paying more of that garbage that you
0: won't watch absolutely so for fourth down my fourth down and this was a little bit of a quiet part of the game but i just want to remind jmu fans about one name on the team that's been kind of in and out for lots of reasons this year but it felt a little bit like he was kind of getting back in the full mix of things this week and i think that bodes really well given where we are in the season and that's jonathan klusterman um it just felt like he was more a part of the game plan and he was in on the field for more plays this week. And, you know, he, I don't, I don't, did he, he did score a touchdown, I think in the second half. Um, but the, the bigger thing is just seeing him out there kind of playing a full game playing. I don't know how many, per, what the percentage of snaps were, but let's not forget what an enormous factor he has been the last couple of years. And last year in particular, and Jamie was without him the first two games and then he's a kid who, had, who has been kind of battling some illness this year, from what we understand. We and had this, mono or something. He had mono, right. The, right? And, yeah, I mean, that's and tough people, to play for, <laughs> Right. And, and he came back, I mean, for, I think I had mono in college and like, was out for like three weeks, you know? Yeah. And this is a kid coming back to play football uh, the last couple of weeks. So, you know, for people that have been, you know, we've been high on Clayton Cheatham, we were high on Nick Carlton before, but JMU could use number 88 in the big games to come. So it was good to see him out there. So, Rob, with that, we will move on to our concerns from coming out of this game and headed to tick week. It is officially spatter chatter week, and we are moving into that portion of the podcast. Uh, sure. Rob, did you have a, a concern that you wanted to express right away?
1: I don't, I don't really have any great concerns. Like, this was, I was waiting for this, this sort of wake up call game. Um, I actually, looking back, this is exactly what I think JMU needed mm-hmm. um, to come out. It would have been great, I guess, if they just came out of the gates and blew, you know, blew the doors off. But I think this was better. Um, Thirty-five points, not, people. Yeah, I'm not tremendously concerned about anything. Um, maybe a little bit as you start to look at the other FCS teams, you start to wonder about um, JMU avoiding, you know, Stony Brook and things like. That. Is that bad? Like some of these James, some of these teams that Jamie has played, that were like, "Oh, playoff quality defense." And well, they're we're calling them playoff quality, but these are not playoff teams. Jamie is playing, Um, and you know, this weekend it's kind of an elimination game for Richmond. Even if, even if Richmond were to win, they'd still have their work cut out for them. They need to catch a lot of breaks. So, I'm a little bit concerned about. just not that the CA is down, just that JMU didn't really face some of the top CA teams this year.
0: Um, yeah, and I think that kind of segues into my concern, which is just about this week in particular. And it, I I don't know if it's so much a concern or something I'm really excited to see is Richmond is leading the nation in passing offense. Yeah, and they're so, starting to run the ball too. Right for for all of you know Richmond's problems with the record, problems with teams they maybe should have beat. Uh, who knows what's going on, maybe. You're going to hear in a little while why they maybe have some problems on both lines. But JMU is leading the nation in passing defense. They're leading the nation in almost every defensive category, including giving up nine points a game. Let's remind everyone who's panicking right now that in the last eight quarters of football, JMU has given up three points to two CAA teams, one of which, New Hampshire, is is a playoff caliber team, probably. So, you know, for all of our panic, JMU is doing exactly what they need to do. But one thing they have not faced this year, certainly not faced since East Carolina, is a team that's truly a potent passing team. And it will be really fun. And I don't know that it's a concern, but it's exciting to see JMU's national, you know, number one passing defense against Richmond's number one passing offense. I know who my money will be on, but, but that's really um, an exciting thing coming up this week.
1: Yeah. And I guess there's two schools of thought. Um, uh, you can kind of view that there is that premise for the battle tested teams kind of, you get better and better, but then you also go back to that kind of John Thompson scheduling philosophy where winning is a habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we might be in that situation. I think this Jamie UD other than Knight, really hasn't faced even a competent quarterback,
0: right? That's from um, New Hampshire.
1: Yeah. yeah. Knight's very good, but they made him look
0: really not good. <laughs> um, Everybody they did else. what they did to, um, I, I don't know what the kids, what's the kid's name that Jeremiah Briscoe from soft Houston state yeah. last year in the playoffs, who was big just, hot shit quarterback coming into Bridgeforth on a cold they, night in December.
1: Just make them look inept Right. Um, so you know, like I said, it was a little bit concerning like, Oh my gosh, are they doing this just against a bunch of chumps or are they making talented but inexperienced guys kind of look worse than they are. Right. And I think it's more of that. Um, but this weekend will be a true chance. Loretta is, is no joke. He's a very, very talented QB. They've got an explosive offense. Uh, the running game's starting to round into form. So this is going to be a fun one to watch. I think Jamie will rise to the occasion. I do too. <laughs> um, but th- th- this will be one that if people have concerns or people are really worried, this is going to answer a lot of them.
0: I think so. And with that, we are through with the hardcore football portion. Um, thank you guys for sticking with us. Um, as always, we're brought to you by pale fire we are delighted to bring you an interview right now with someone who has the equal amount of passion that we do, only his passion is for the Richmond spiders, the hated Richmond ticks. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, you guys will enjoy our interview with Richmond's number one fan, Sachmo, right now. <laughs> Welcome back, Dukes fans. Um, we are really thrilled to have a fan favorite interview this evening. Um, with two, I don't know what to say, big proponents of the Richmond JMU rivalry. And our friend, Zach Price, who's going to be joining us a little later in the podcast again, is going to introduce our friend from across the river, so to speak.
4: Zach, you want to take it away? Absolutely, Todd. Thanks so much. Well, it's it's truly our honor to have Richmond's own uh, number one fan, Satchmo, and Satch, I just have to tell you, you know, when we first learned about you, certainly I'll, I'll be the first to admit that not every JMU fan took to you the way that, that they have now, but it's been your uh, authenticity and your dedication, and over the last few years, you've really won us over, and I, I, I never hear a JMU fan talk about Satchmo these days without saying, man, you know, say what you will about Spider fans in general, but that's Satchmo, he's one of a kind, and uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us here on the podcast and uh looking forward to, to talking to you but i think you got an intro for us if you'd like to start us off
3: well hello uh, jmu and spider fans uh everywhere and college <laughs> football fans across america and around the world it's satchmo glad to be on the jmu uh podcast <laughs> all
1: right well thank you very much um for those of you that have tuned in to, to satchmo's legendary videos that is how we start them all off. Um, I just wanted to reiterate uh, what Zach said. Uh, This is a very fun rivalry. Uh, Plenty of people talk lots of trash, uh, myself included. But we wanted to have Satchmo on just an example of, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it is just a rivalry. Uh, It's a rivalry. We we can take it far at times, but really – in some ways do respect uh, Richmond fans, particularly guys like Satchmo, who just are passionate, who are objective, who are knowledgeable, and bring a lot of uh, excitement to this game without dragging people down in the mud. So we we really wanted to um, highlight you and, and maybe try to emulate you a little bit this week.
3: Well, that's good. Uh, You know, I appreciate that. But I do want to share a few uh, of the uh, worst things JMU fans have said about me over the years before (laughs) it's over.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure that's a long list. We don't have that much time. But uh, Why don't you give us a little bit of background? Why don't you tell us uh, how you came to be a Spider fan and and where your kind of roots of your uh, Richmond fandom is?
3: Well, I was born into a spider uh, family. My uh, father was a UR grad, and there were some folks uh, in, in the family line, even back before him, that were UR grads, and was just, uh, grew up, am uh, a country boy, grew up in a small uh, town in Southside, Virginia, and never thought about going, uh, seriously going anywhere else, uh, but uh, UR. are <laughs> Okay. <laughs> now, I mean, wh- back when I was coming along, every good Baptist in uh, small town, Virginia, at least thought about sending their uh, son or daughter to Richmond. <laughs> kind of preordained in some sense. Uh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Same way in New Jersey now, I think. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let, let's go ahead and jump into this. You know, um, Richmond came into the season with a lot of really high expectations, Uh had a little bit of a rough patch, but can you tell us a little bit about the Spider football team and particularly under new coach Usman?
3: Well, I think, uh, you know, ex- expectations were high. And uh, uh, I think most Spider fans, and I only speak for myself, uh, I'm not speaking for any other Spider fans. Uh, I think most of us have been a little disappointed about uh, how the season has turned out. Uh, obviously, our record in the CAA is not uh, where we'd like for it to be going into this big game. And, uh, you know, it looks to me like it all started uh, with our, our two uh, interior lines, particularly the offensive line. We lost a couple of uh, studs, and we thought we'd be able to replace them, and it hadn't been as nearly as easy. And not having a running game really uh, puts the pressure on Letta, you know, who stood up to the pressure uh, well. But... Not being able to, not having a running game on the offense and on the defense, uh, fighting so hard to get off the fields. Uh, our inability, particularly early in the year, to stop the run was another thing that's been really surprising. And I really think uh, has led to some of the difficulties we've had uh, winning close ball games.
1: Yeah, but I mean, with that defense, it seems like it's rounded into form a little bit. Had a pretty impressive performance over the weekend, shutting out Villanova. Well, I, that yeah, you know, something you know, that, different or just just click.
3: Well, that's true. Uh, even Coach Husman in his media call today uh, said that he thought his front six uh, were getting more comfortable in the defense and playing better. And we have done a better job of uh, you know shutting down the uh, run in the last uh, two or three games. But remember at Villanova, I don't know how they were when you guys played them, but. They had a third-string true freshman quarterback uh, leading that offense, and I'm sure that gave us uh, at least a little bit of an advantage on the defensive side. But Villanova has a history, uh, for some reason, of having trouble scoring against us. It's the second year in a row we shut them out.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. I read that. and They haven't been shut out too many times. I think Richmond's the only team to do it in like the past four or five years, I think I read.
3: Uh, heck, I thought it was uh, the last uh, 15 years or something. <laughs> uh, but, oh, uh, man, it, it might have been. But, but uh, anyway, uh, we, we seem to have their number for some reason. I, I think our defense is better, but I, it has not been tested uh, against anything like uh, I'm sure you guys are going to throw at
1: it. Yeah, I hope so. Um, <laughs> now, I think all Duke's fans know about Laletta. You know, he's a very impressive guy. Um, he's had a lot of success against JMU, particularly the last two years. Who else on the spider offense should Jamie fans be concerned with or keep an eye on this weekend?
3: Well, I think uh, you probably want to look at the uh, wide receivers. Uh, we've got uh, three of them that have done extremely well, uh, you know, all season long. And, you know, a lot you know, had a big game against you guys uh, last year in that uh, heartbreaking uh, spider <coughs> loss. Uh, but, uh, you yeah, know, uh Tyler Wilkins, Portrell, Simpson, the the tight ends uh, can catch the ball as well. Hudson, and, uh, you know, I think you need to look at those guys. And on the defense, Andrew Clyde, one of our defensive linemen, has got, uh, you know, I think eight and a half or nine sacks already this year coming into his own, and uh, Conacher and Reuben uh, in the – Linebacker and defensive backfield look like uh, they're playing better as well, and don't forget about Waller, the uh, defensive end.
1: Okay. So now, before before we started this, we were chatting, and you were mentioning how the JMU game has really kind of risen to the top in terms of uh, Richmond's rivals and and the team most fans want to beat. Right. Um, how does Danny Rocco moving to Delaware impact that? You think the Delaware rivalry is going to come up there, or is it just pure <laughs> hatred for Rocco? <laughs>
3: Well, there's no doubt uh, that the uh, Delaware uh, may become our our third biggest rival until things cool down a little bit. I think uh, all Richmond fans obviously loved uh, the years that Coach Rocco was here. I mean, he took us from an 0-8 in the CAA in 2011, to uh eight and three his first year and, and we still got screwed that year. I haven't gotten over it yet. Uh <laughs> not making the playoffs that year it was crazy. Yeah. We were six and two in the CAA and didn't make the playoffs. Can you believe that?
4: Well I forgot about that.
3: Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh and then you know the the nice playoff runs uh for the last three years, but you know, the soap opera around his leaving and you know that, this, that and the other, you know, really frayed some nerves and uh um the, the most uh, you know emotional Spider fans went to Delaware uh, for the game a couple <laughs> of weeks ago and uh, <laughs> had a good time rooting as hard as we could for the Spiders. But uh, unfortunately, that game was kind of a carbon copy of uh, a lot of the games uh, we've seen uh, so far this year. We just couldn't quite
1: get the job done. Okay. All right. Uh, well, yeah, well, just real quick, can you tell folks how they can find your video previews?
3: Well, we've got uh, the uh, Spider Gang uh, you know, group, <laughs> Facebook group page uh, out there in uh, Facebook land. If anybody's interested in looking for us, uh, they can find it there. And, uh, you know, most of the uh, the good videos are there. And uh, likewise, there's a YouTube uh, channel uh, out there as well that you can find us on. All right. All right be cool. be kind, Dukes fans. <laughs> All
1: right. Can you care <laughs> give us your prediction for the game? Then we'll let well, you
3: go. Well, I've already made my uh, prediction in our uh, Spider Gang prediction contest, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm up uh, for the Spiders, uh, you know, shocking the world again, mm-hmm. just like uh, 2015. <laughs> uh, spiders 27, Dukes
0: uh, 24. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. <laughs> but Do we have any booing let
3: me... sound
1: effects? We gotta, yeah, gotta work let,
3: let, let, let me put it this way. I'm not doing well in the Spider Gang. <laughs> Predictions contest. <laughs> okay. And I have to go out on a limb with this. I mean, every Spider fan realizes uh, that we're probably, what, 17, 20-point underdogs? <laughs> but we also know anything and good things often happen in Harrisonburg for the Spiders. So uh, there's a lot of history there. I hope it's going to be a good competitive game. Yes, unfortunately, that's the truth.
0: Uh, Satch, we, we did have a question you don't have to name them. I, I know they probably want to stay anonymous, but how did you guys come up with the... Who, who, is, who actually makes up the official Spider Gang?
3: Well, there are five uh, couples, uh, you know, husbands and wives. Uh, f- you know, four of us were uh, fraternity brothers uh, back in the dark ages at Richmond. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Spider football, Spider basketball makes up the uh, majority of our social lives now. <laughs> yeah, you sound a lot like
0: us, so we... we... <laughs> We can relate. Yes, we're, we're I guess we're younger versions. Yeah.
3: Well, we uh we graduated two of the original members to the Spider uh gang Hall of Fame uh before this season and uh quickly found uh another couple to replace them. So uh <laughs>
4: Rob, we got to have a Hall of Fame after this. <laughs> I and, love that. We got to come up with a better name than Duke's Gang, though. Sorry, <laughs> there, there's
3: uh, w- one other thing I want to say is yes. uh, y- you guys uh, playing so well the last couple of uh, years are making it very, very difficult for me to come up with any good, uh, Madison, uh, punch lines anymore. <laughs> you have, uh, ruined my, uh, favorite one of the, uh, program that's, uh, perfected doing less with more. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't even use that one anymore. You can use it for self-dustin there, Sash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, anyway, uh, like I said, looking forward to coming to Harrisonburg on uh, Saturday, bringing uh, some Spider Gang people up there, and uh, we'll have our uh, two or 300 uh, you know, fans uh, sitting down there in that corner. I'm sure you'll have us jammed down in that corner. Uh, the way the stadium's yes. set up, though, you can't have the sun in our eyes like UVA and uh, Delaware.
0: Yeah, Chapel Hill did that to JMU last year, too. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> up uh, we'll be looking forward to uh i don't know if you'll find zach this weekend pregame, but we will uh we will track you down and and f- furnish a fine beverage for you <laughs>
3: all right well it's uh, been good uh, talking to you guys and uh have fun with this thing and uh how do
0: i listen to the uh, finished product where do i find you guys so you can find us on we actually use the bumpers app and you can subscribe to the podcast in the bumpers app but um Richmond will send you a link. Yeah. You know, Richmond fans can also find us in the iTunes store. So you just look up JMU SB podcast or JMU SB season one. That's JMU Sports Blog. And you can find us that way. So I doubt will...
3: if any Richmond fans are gonna go looking for you.
0: No, <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. But I think you, you might be spreading the word for us. You never know. They'll they'll hey, be I happy they'll with a 27-24 prediction for sure. Hey, you you, for
3: you, you you may uh lose listeners after they uh, hear me on this uh podcast. <laughs> but uh one last thing. Uh please kill the uh allegations from uh some of your uh Younger JMU fans, that I'm Front Royal Spider.
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that,
3: we we but,
1: definitely
4: need to clarify that. I, yeah, that's yeah, not true. Before. Satch, that guy has a uh, a legacy that's infamous in both fan fan bases, huh? Yeah,
3: some guy. <laughs> some guy claimed <laughs> uh, I was Front Royal Spider and that I lived in a, a double wide behind the convenience store at Front Royal. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: you can kill the allegations that any of us are spider father as well so yeah <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah or yeah, some, vt spider there some
3: guy li- some some guy living behind that convenience store probably got roughed up yeah.
4: <laughs> poor, poor guy well well satchel i can tell you that you know certainly getting to know you and, and interacting on facebook and, and having this call i think i saw that one of your nieces is a JMU fan, and it kind of just brings to the point home that we were making earlier that it's a great rivalry, but when it comes down to it, we're all football fans, and in most cases, we can track family to each other. So certainly appreciate you having us uh, – or you coming yep. on the podcast, and uh, it helps sometimes to, to to track those things when, when as fans, we need to keep that in perspective. And uh, certainly myself, uh, that kind of, kind of sounds hypocritical, <laughs> coming from me, and I hope you don't listen to the rest of the podcast, but that, that does need to be said. <laughs>
3: All right, well, I'll let you guys go uh, have fun and uh, enjoy it.
4: Thank you yeah, so thank much, you very much. All right, Okay, bye. bye.
0: And with that, we want to welcome everybody to Overtime here. This is our off-topic segment of the podcast, although this week it is somewhat on topic. We are going to talk about a few things that fuel our intensity about the Richmond rivalry. Um The R.U. Ticks coming to Harrisonburg this weekend. And we are very honored to have one of the true JMU rooters and one of the all-time JMU trolls, our
4: friend (laughs) on the podcast, Zach Price. Welcome back, Zach. Hey, what's up, guys? True true and friendly. Yes, Yes, he is.
0: Yes, indeed. So, Zach we really want to make this a showcase for you to talk about all the things that you love about playing RU. And if you want to kind of start us off here, we will uh, clear the way for you to go ahead.
4: Well, I feel like for the most part, and without completely rehashing my top 10 reasons, I hate Richmond post from two or three years ago on (laughs) Jamie's sports blog, plug, plug, plug. Um, I, I kind of want to phrase this as, you know, Richmond is, is such a good rival for us. We have a really good time hating on them. They have a good time hating on us. But having said that, you know, there's still so many reasons and, and things that you look at Richmond from a JMU sports perspective and think, really, guys, really? So <laughs> that's really kind of where I'm coming from with this. It's, it's mostly like you guys could have, could have so much. And I guess the first thing I'll start off with that is think about Richmond. 2008, you win a national championship. And what do you do with that momentum? You move from the, okay, outdated, but amazing city stadium into (laughs) a 7,000 seat, if it's that much, I think it's 6,700 actually, uh, tiny, tiny stadium on campus. And I understand you make sure, you know, you want to make sure the students are there on campus and can show up and be at the games, but they don't do that anyways. So (laughs) why would you do that? Why would you move on campus? That doesn't make any sense. What's
1: the point of being in a big city? Like they're one of the few CAA schools that actually is in like. A real kind of metropolitan area where you could draw from beyond campus, and they just punted that away.
4: Right. I mean, it, we, we fueled a we fueled a 2010 win against Tech into more stadium and more seats, much less the 2004 national championship, which kind of started our huge rise into where we are now. But they, they had all that momentum, and I feel like they squandered it.
0: Oh yeah, and they're yeah. sitting there with the you know the pipe dream that will always remain VCU football. Like, yeah. this is their market. Undefeated, undefeated VC Un- football. Yes, I'm sure since, like, I don't know, 1950 or something, whenever they there's, started. are right? shirts on campus to this day that say that. It's like, okay, guys. Yep. Yeah. Rob, did you have anything you wanted to chip in here?
1: No, I mean, just generally, it, it's all the same cliches. You know, the sweater vest. You know, they're all from Jersey and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I guess what gets me is, like, there's so much potential for this to be a much better rivalry if their fans had a clue. Like, Sa- Sa- Satchmo's a great guy. The, the older, knowledgeable fans are great, but, like, their trolls are so bad at being trolls. Like, the worst trash talk we get, personally, on Twitter is from Richmond fans. It's just, it's not funny. Right. It's like the, It's like the jokes my seven-year-old tells me. Like, they just, they come back with these awful, awful replies, and then, inevitably, their accounts are private, so you can't even, like, retweet them or blow them up. It's just, and it's just this... Dorky, obnoxious, like, snotty, yet not at all humorous type stuff. It's just, it's boring. Like, message boards in general are not really my thing.
0: Sure.
1: But the Richmond message board is my favorite hate read on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so bad because, like, there's so much vitriol directed at JMU. And they're like, and they're so angry. And there's, like, hundreds and hundreds of posts. And all they can come up with is calling us like dill weeds or those Barney's from Harrisonburg. And it's, <laughs> it's the lamest collection of people. Like you'd expect, like on the internet, the worst, uh, you know, just awful, terrible things. And there's like those people are dorks. You know, it's, just, it's terrible. Yeah. And you just picture them, like that's was saying. Like that front royal spider you got. I, I, that can't. Be, that can't be real. There's yeah, no way that dude can be
4: real. I just love that Satchmo had to make sure he distinguished, hey, that's not me. Right. I will I will say, too, that I, I, I spent a lot of time on on the Rivals board with uh, the Richmond fans. If there's any Richmond fans listening, uh, there's a couple of good ones. Mo, Moliva Maniac over there is really well knowledgeable, even though he was, like, the number one person to talk shit to me when someone posted my game day sign from 2015. <laughs> um, and they were, like, attacking my looks and, like, talking shit on my wife, and I was just like yeah. – I'm secure enough to ignore this, but like yeah. poor poor somebody else would come on here and you guys post this picture without asking but <laughs> I, I I just I think it's funny because that's the kind of that's the kind of vibe it is over there, like good old boy locker room, but at the same time, it's like there's not that much you guys see the vitriol on Twitter and stuff but mm-hmm. like you said it's all it's all guys talking bad about you in the way that your granddad would you know on <laughs> you when you were when you were ten and ten and yeah. eleven years old, like now don't do that again, you ignorant Barney
1: yeah <laughs> it's so bad the Barney thing is so like I don't I, I kind of love it because they think yeah. it gets to us and I couldn't care less like okay it's a big dumb dinosaur other than the fact that it's purple it has zero connection at all to Jamie yeah. like, there's not even a logic
4: to it where's the relevance where's the re- that's what yeah. the worst insults hit you where you know it hurts and Barney's is one of those things that doesn't even phase me as a fan right yeah. I'll say too uh Todd and Rob. Yep. One of the yep. things that really bothers me about uh, Richmond is is the fact that they pipe in high school bands uh, yeah. at their at their already high school <sighs> stadium. Yeah. And but it's also kind of a challenge because when we play down there, I love getting the band to join our side and we'll start telling them like, you know, we'll, we'll send them pizza, right. We'll, we'll send down those high school students, <laughs> send out a bunch of pizza or Coke or something to send it to them and say, Hey, look guys, we're on your side. Cheer with us, you know, cheer when JMU scores. And then like, they're going to tell you to play the fights so on don't play it. You don't want to play that. <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's a really fun time. And, and I think last uh, or in, in 2015, I'm sorry, in 2016, last year, we got some of their, their actual fans to, uh, or some of the high school fans to actually, you know, start cheering for JMU and they were talking with us instead of playing the Richmond fight song. And so it was, it was a really good time. Although it's, 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 it's unbelievable that this is a, you know, national championship team that can't get their own pet band or, or at least a pet band out on the field.
0: Yeah. Do yeah. they have a pet band for, they
4: have pep band for hoops, don't they? No, it's literally, it's run by my friend, David Hood, who is a VCU <laughs> alum and they, they pipe in VCU students and put them in red and, and blue shirts and they mic them, too, which is the worst thing. Like, I can't imagine micing a pet band. <laughs> what are you going to well, do?
1: The, the whole VCU thing has got to just drive them crazy.
4: Absolutely. Because
1: they, they just got absolutely lapped in basketball um, in ways that you almost feel bad for them. Almost.
4: I almost. I mean, I'd also, too, you, like, you could make fun of their mascot as much as you want to. I don't know much about their coach anymore these days. I mean, it was really easy with Danny Rocco. Um, I've gotten <laughs> – into some trouble with you guys to point out that he likes to make a face in every picture that doesn't look like he's enjoying his day. <laughs> um, and that's as much as I'll say with it. So we don't have to put this explicit tag but, on here. But,
1: but he gave himself a game ball. That's all you know about Danny. <laughs> oh when they beat Liberty, he gave himself the game ball. Did he do it Oklahoma. this year when Delaware won? No, I don't know. Uh, that's yeah. Inquiring minds want to know.
0: Yes. I would love it again. Zach, how do you feel about Richmond adopting the JMU streamer tradition?
4: Listen, I'm, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. I'm trying to be as diplomatic as I can about all these things, but I literally want to curse more than I've ever cursed in my life right now just thinking about it. It's, <laughs> my time hop today, I'm not going to lie to you, my time hop today was from seven years ago and it says, verbatim, if you're a Richmond fan throwing streamers, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> So if there's any unsolved murders from seven years ago, Rick please, please don't look it up. It's not <laughs> right. me, but it might be because I'm that angry about it. And UVA fans too. I mean, I got into an argument with UVA fan on Twitter the other day because they said, oh, you know, Jamie you didn't invent streamers. Like absolutely 100% at college at football games we did. Yeah. And that came from our tradition of doing it at basketball games, which we also started. Sure. So here's pictures of us in like the 70s throwing toilet paper at games. Right. So, you know, it, it's just unbelievable that these kids these days are so – uh, and, and quote old man here, old man yells at clouds cause he says kids these days, but <laughs> what, wouldn't you, if you're a Richmond fan, wouldn't you be ashamed if you stole something that is so clearly a JMU tradition?
0: Yeah. And I was, I was actually glad to see on game day this year that JMU like fully took that to a whole nother level, which I felt like nationally kind of reminded everybody where it comes from. It has from. to be a
4: part of our national yeah.
1: brand now. Yeah.
0: Right? Shout be. out, shout out to Scent.
1: Well, it's so, got to be better than the holding doors crap. Like, I'm sorry. I love JMU. What? Come on, Rob. This, this idea that, like, we're going to take credit, like, oh, we hold doors for people, I, that that drives hey, me Rob, crazy. Hey, Rob, thanks for
4: taking over the uh, crotchety old man. <laughs> like, <laughs> in the podcast. I don't love get this. it. Like,
1: did you guys not do that before you went to JMU? Like, where were these? Were people, like, raised in these door slamming towns? <laughs> I, I don't understand this. Like or did I miss it? Like or was I supposed to stay out there for like days on end holding doors? Like that I love JMU. I do not want to criticize JMU, but this is like t- taking credit for saying bless you after somebody sneezes. It drives me nuts that Seriously? we've tried to make this our thing.
4: Like I think it I was would, more of an oh. easy way to kind of describe the feeling on campus. Like it's it's kind of like a one stop or one uh one shot fits all. Like, oh we hold doors, but it also embodies like Everyone smiles. I used to tell people it was a sixteen thousand students school when I went there. But everywhere I went, I saw somebody I knew. Like, you Mm could never run into strangers at JMU because it was sixteen thousand. But you still knew everyone. It's still like that now. I, mean,
1: yeah, I, I, I got that. But holding doors is like, oh, we cross at crosswalks. Oh, it just it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And <laughs> I'm sorry. But let's back. Let's back to making fun of our Yes. But well, the
4: last thing I want to talk about, too, is and I kind of wanted to bring this up with Satchmo, but he was on a roll and I didn't want to stop him. Because he's no, not a legend. Yeah. Can't stop Satch. And, and this is actually probably the opposite of the topic. It, it's not one of those things that takes away from our rivalry, but I think it adds to it, which is for whatever reason, I think it's like eight out of the night last ten games, the visitor wins this game. Yeah, And it's one of those – it's like the only game I don't want to play in Harrisonburg, right? Like when we play in Richmond, I'm super confident. And when we play in Harrisonburg, I'm like, okay, let's just take it easy. I don't want to be too cocky going into this game because I remember like the last three straight home games that we played these guys at. What, they had like 900 yards last time or something? Oh, my God.
1: Whatever. Jace Edwards got it done, guys. Come on.
4: (laughs) And those black jerseys, right?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing, the whole hashtag one Richmond.
0: Oh, God. That's not even (laughs) trying. I mean, that's just and they are the thing. least richmond thing about richmond right yeah exactly. other than
4: the sweater vests they, they are stole the that from the mayor's office who's right. a JMU grad
0: right yeah and and i don't know i mean for me richmond fans in richmond actually don't bother me at all hence Sachmo, yeah. right i mean those of them who are willing to put up with jmu and vcu and uva and tech fans all the time it, you know we're not even mentioning other Virginia schools that don't deserve mention as schools, but like, sorry, sorry,
4: tribe. And sorry, ODU. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry.
1: Sorry. Second oldest school in the country. Right.
4: But yeah, guys, what's an ODU? ODU. What's that? Yeah, I don't, is that a
0: place where I don't, I don't know, actually six,
1: six, nothing, six, nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, but besides like the problem with Richmond is that so many of their fans are not Richmond people. I mean, they – we joke about JMU having a huge population from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York. But Richmond, it's almost entirely a population from New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania. And maybe that's – Zach, maybe that's part of why you – why they sort of don't get the joke on college football. It's like they're just not from a part of the country that sort of appreciates what college football in this part of the country is about.
4: I have no idea. This is going to be kind of painting with broad strokes, but I kind of agree with that because – I would want to say that I have a lot of friends from, from Jersey uh, that went to JMU and that are close friends and dear friends. But I think that like for those guys, if it's not big time football, like, you know, they're more likely to wear a Rutgers jersey than they are like a JMU jersey, even though they went to JMU, they come to all the games, they love the team. For whatever reason, I feel like people from Jersey might be more caught up in like the national scene than, than maybe people from Virginia. I don't know. But I, I do agree that like, And for the most part, it seems like all the big Spider fans like Mo, like Satchmo, even Front Royal, those are all Virginia guys. And Mm -hmm. those guys are the are the hardcore Richmond fans versus these out of state transplants that, you know, went there undergrad, but then don't really have any relation to the school after the fact.
1: Well, it's kind of a generational thing. You know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it probably was drawing more from uh, Virginia and from the south. And now it's definitely more of a northeastern school. Um, Also, I mean, my parents are from the northeast. All my cousins from Jersey and New York. And college sports are not that big of a deal up there. Um, Right. Really, really passionate baseball, football, like great sports fans, hockey. You know, great fans. But college football really isn't on the radar in the same way. Um, Particularly with regard to like an in-state rival. You know, you you grow up in New Jersey, you're not really going to care at all. About Richmond versus JMU or William Mary. I mean, heck, you grew up in Northern Virginia. Until you go to one of those schools, it's probably not it might, Maybe now. Yeah. But, but like when we were in high school, no. Let, let's not cut ourselves. So I think it is kind of a regional thing to some regard.
0: And Rob, give yourself some credit. Your boys are growing up with this. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah no, you, I mean, look, you are raising two boys that are growing up in a very different world than what you and I grew up with. Absolutely. Right. In terms of, I think what your dad went to Holy Cross yeah right my dad went to american like yeah yeah they're just it it wasn't
4: kind of on their radar at all and hell i don't know about you guys but when i was a freshman outside of D's nuts I, I shout out to zach kitty <laughs> i was the only guy in the dorm <laughs> that went to football games now kitty was in the band so he had to go but i'm sure he still would have been there but like yeah. literally i would like go to games and everybody in the dorm would be like what are you doing but then like junior year we won the national championship and It's like okay Everybody came to all the, the games with me. Everybody from then on, it was all, you know, hey, but so I, I, I do applaud you, Rob, for, for fixing the mistake of, you know, <laughs> of our, our parents or, you know, <laughs> creating an environment where your kids are going to grow up and, and Jamie football is an integral part of their life. And, but, uh, but it's
1: also just everything's changed. Like you can actually watch games now or go to games, you know, like mm-hmm. growing up, it was you'd hope to find the, the scores in the Washington Post the day after for anything outside of whatever the big 10, the ACC, you were kind of grasping, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't even get, you know, max scores or anything else. So there's more access now. And I think it's certainly more relevant. Like you wear JMU gear. Now I have people stop me and ask about the football team.
4: Right. Yep.
0: Um, that wouldn't All happen. Time. That wouldn't happen 20 years ago. No way. Yeah. So thank you guys. Uh, Zach, we can't thank you enough. I- any last words on Richmond? What do you, what do you, what are you thinking about this weekend?
4: Uh, Ruck Fitchman. And go Dukes, and actually go Dukes, as <laughs> Coach Houston loves to say. <laughs> that's, that's right.
0: Uh, Rob, do you want to take us out here tonight? Yeah. Once again, just thanks for,
1: to uh, Pale Fire Brewery for sponsoring the podcast. Please, if you live in Harrisonburg or if you're in Harrisonburg for the game this weekend, please swing by, have a beer, and mention the podcast. We'll get a free pint glass, and be sure to follow us on Jamie's at Jamie's Sports Blog and continue to uh, read all the new content we're putting up, com.
0: Yep. Buy t-shirts, everybody. And uh, thanks, Zach. And go Dukes. Go Dukes.